cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. Hello and welcome back to a special uh, Royal Rumble edition of the <laughs> USA to UK podcast. There's a crisis delving that we need to uh, we need to try and sort. Yes. It's uh, never mind what's going on in Iran. Never mind the political assassinations and all those kind of things. Uh, it is a crisis of of royal proportions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I think this episode is perfect. I'm glad we do this podcast so we can have these conversations where one of our countries do something absolutely stupid. We can explain it to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's and it's almost every week. This could be almost, you could probably have something daily at the moment yes. from uh, what comes out of uh, America and Britain. But this one's, uh, this one's really interesting. So what I thought I'd do is we could, I'd be really interested actually to hear the external view of how this is being reported, so how um, everyone in America is seeing it, and then and then I think it'll be very very differently reported here than how uh, you're seeing it. But then what I've done is I've done a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, nosing around. I thought you might be interested in uh, previous royal scandals and crises so I've, I've got a few more of those to uh, go through so this isn't a loan this isn't a one-off um yeah. uh, i guess we should explain to everybody what's going on for those who don't okay. know also i have a surprise for y'all at the end of the episode oh okay okay all right so um do you want to do you want to cover off the crisis from your end <laughs> see i don't know see no this is the funny thing about, part about it like nobody from the u.s knows what's going on it just okay. sounds utterly stupid. It sounds like okay. Apparently, it, it um, is daft. The um, Prince William and Kate, Harry. Yeah, which one? Whatever they are. It's Harry, right? It's Harry and Meghan. <laughs> yeah, Harry and Meghan. Just too many damn princes and princesses. I don't know. That. Yeah, Harry and Meghan are deciding to grow up on their own because they don't want to be part of the US, UK's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's to be honest. That you probably summarized it. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a great show. Goodbye. <laughs> That's probably as, as well summarized as what you would get. Probably not going to make the news, but that is that's pretty much what's, what's happening. So, but I will say this: the funny thing about it is, anytime when you watch the news articles, they always shoot to somebody from the UK, at least yeah. in America, and they shoot to like a bunch of people from the United States, and everybody from the United States says, "I don't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> why does this oh. matter? So what?" Yeah, and it's it's so silly, um, but it, it's it just shows you this kind of feeds into a lot of the the very I suppose pompous traditions of uh, of British culture with the the and obviously you're a Republican state and we're a royal state and it's it's um, yeah it's it's a big deal. I mean, just before we've come on air, there was a an hour long news program. Uh, regarding the the royal crisis, it was you know Harry and Meghan, the royal crisis. I have several questions to ask about this. 
Okay. One of which is why the fuck does the UK still have a king and queen? So I I mean it's it's still I mean a lot of it uh, I mean it goes back years and years and years and, and you know with it goes you know our history goes back absolutely so a lot further i suppose in terms of like a country and we've had kings and queens from all over we've been invaded so many times by kings from here there and everywhere but you know we've i don't know what the earliest king was here but it's it's going back thousands of years that we've had it so it's always been tradition and then that's that's led into kind of like the class system and everything like that here so it's it's as much part of our culture, I would say, in terms of where, um, as as anything that kind of, I, mean, I suppose you've got like, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of something comparative for a, from an American point of view, um, but yeah, I don't know if you've, you've got anything really. There's no comparison. That's what that's Just so bad guns, because guns are your royalty. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> because if if you think about it, to my knowledge. The king and queen don't have any power. Nope. No, nope. she's technically the head of state, but she's not an elected head of state, so she doesn't actually have any power. But there's a lot of tradition that goes on that kind of kind of gives her um, the illusion that there is. Or it's not yeah, gives her the illusion of the pretense. I don't think so. Do you know what? I, I'm not a big royalist. I don't have any problem against them. Uh, I'm not for, I'm not against, they're just there. So I actually don't, I think there's this, you know, this misconception that everyone in Britain's a big royalist fan. I'm I'm probably a little bit just slightly more knowledgeable about about royals as as what you are. Uh, Well, I have the perfect analogy for this, since they don't have any power or any say-so, but yet everybody cares about them so much. Yep. The royal family in the UK is the US version of the Kardashians. Do you know what? That is the best that is probably that you you're right actually. That's yeah. very very similar where they are put on a pedestal and they are seen as very big influencers of lots of different things. Um they marry into, you know, other wealthy uh you know, other wealthy kind of families like, you know, um, like they married, you know, Kim married Kanye West. It's, it's quite similar. Yeah. yeah. And in actuality, they really don't have any power. But no. the only power they have is the power that people give them in terms of like how this ah. should be a big issue, but the people make it a big issue. No. And it, it goes back to kind of tradition and stuff. But the thing is, the king and queen, the loaded, you know, the queen's, you know, she's not as wealthy as J.K. Rowling now, but she is, uh, she is properly loaded. I think J.K. Rowling actually has got less money now. I think she gave most of it away, but uh, they are very, very wealthy. Uh, and that's just sort of wealth that has just been gained over years as as people have handed it down and handed it down. So what we've got is a situation where Harry and Meghan, so Harry is the, the son of... Um, Prince Charles and Princess Diana. Um, And he is the grandson of the Queen, the current Queen. And he's, and they're known here as the, uh, they are the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, which is like a county, it's a title. 
So they're known as the Duke. They're not Prince and Princess. They're the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. What's Sussex? It is a county. So it's like a state. So they're basically the Duke of a state. Uh, of like, kind of, yeah. But that's it's more like of a title like the, than an actual state. It's just a, it's, it's a royal title. That literally means nothing. That's like being the, I'm going to start yeah. calling myself the Senator of Florida. You could go for it. In fact, do you know what? We didn't introduce ourselves. Uh, I, you know, I'm Ben Goodwin, one of your hosts, and with me is the Senator of Florida, the original Senator of Florida, Delvin Cox. Yeah. So, but so yeah, so he's the Duke, and they're the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. And Meghan Markle is um, she is an American actress who yes. was in Suits. Uh, and that itself is rel- not relatively uncommon, but it's it's an unusual marriage in terms of the fact of um, he's marrying outside of kind of almost like a royal, a normal royal kind of family and friendship. Yeah, to add to the fact that she's black. <laughs> that yes. also plays a big part into it. Well, it like. yeah, and you know what? I think in some of the issues and some of the reasons why she gets, um, she has a bit of a bad press. That probably does sadly play a part in it for some people. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, it does. And and I, I would be very naive to say, oh, that's not a factor for some people, and that's not a factor towards some of the bias. Um, and you know, sadly, it it probably is. But yeah, she is. I don't know if she's the first uh, black uh, member of the royal family. I don't know the royal family lineage uh, that well. I think well. she is. I think, she could I think be. She says she is, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, and Harry himself is was already not necessarily the black sheep, but the. That's a bad analogy, that isn't it? Uh, no, I think rephrase that. Accurate because I've heard stories over here that people call him a, a dullard. Essentially, in not that bright. That's what they. I think that's what they said. Princess Diana referred to him as the not that bright one. Well, it's. I mean, he seems way more in tune with the British people, or he seems he's very, very different. He doesn't conform the same way. So he's, you know, he has a brother. His older brother is uh, Prince William, who's yes. married to Kate Middleton. They're known as the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. If we're continuing with the the weird like royal the place. titles, Cambridge is nice. It's smaller, <laughs> but it's it's nice. Um, I've heard of Cambridge but again, before. it's it's where we've got the very posh uh, um, university. But again, it's, it's a title. It's not technically a, a a place where they are Duke of. It's just it's just a royal title. Uh, but um, Harry this week has, and Meghan have decided that, like I know him personally, Harry and Meghan have decided that they no longer want to be funded by the royal, um, kind of as a royal wage, and they want to step back from major royal duties. And major royal duties typically is very, um, is promotional work. There's a lot of ambassadorial type stuff, and then there's a lot of there's some charitable stuff, but he has his own charitable things. But there's a lot of stuff that um, is very, it's, I don't know, it's just what they do. They go around and they, um, I suppose they are ambassadors for the country to a degree. Um, yeah. And they've just decided, yeah, nah, thanks, we don't want that. I think on the outside, it seemed like a good thing. If I were, if I were to take a guess, 
to me personally, looking at it from the outside here, it seems like a good idea for them to do that anyway. And I don't see why anybody, including the Queen, would have a problem with it in terms of like you have what what is name Harry and no William. You have Her- William and the other one there. What are I don't know any of these people's name. <laughs> William and Kate there to do those duties. So why would you need both couples there? It, just because it's just. Uh, they're classified as senior royals, so they're supposed to do this sort of... And that's what that's the thing. They're supposed to do this sort of thing. And they've gone, we don't want to do that. We want to, you know, it's credit to them. They want to go and earn their own money because they get paid, they get paid public money to... So our taxes go towards paying for them to go on and do, you know, their trips and stuff. They receive, um, here we go for silly names, they receive money off their dad. So they receive money out of their dad's estate, which is known as the Duchy of Cornwall, and the, wow. the, the, which is, is effectively like a royal purse. It's the money he has himself. Get about £5 million. Pounds, so about, what, six and a half, seven million dollars That's what they per, get? Per year. Jesus. As well as the other things, um, but they, you know, to the credit, they want to be financially independent. They don't want to have to pay for or feel that they are taking money from people's taxes or those other kind of things. And they could earn quite a bit of money. And this is where the controversies come from because you're not supposed to, as a royal, you're not supposed to do anything where you benefit publicly so you don't have any sponsorship deals you don't do anything which would technically give you an external uh income and i think that's kind of what they're wanting to do they want to go their own way and they could earn a fortune if they you know like the obamas did their own uh brand of clothing um they could do that it would sell a fortune because the royal brand itself sells um, if they wanted to do a Netflix drama, they could do that. You know, a, a Netflix documentary, they could do that, and they'd earn a fortune from it. So they can earn that, but currently they can't because the the royal protocol is not to um, earn money in that way separately as an income. Have your own mind, essentially. You mm. have to follow these kind of tropes that they want you to kind of live behind. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree. With that. I think, I, in my personal, my personal mouse I think it's a cool thing that they're doing it because they can build the name of the royal family. Yeah, and but it's because it's broken tradition that's that, and there is more that's gone out. I mean, there's a whole load of kind of rumor and stuff. I mean, when Meghan and Harry first got together, they were the darlings of the press and they were the darlings of the uh, the public eye, and then slowly and surely things have started to to kind of move away where they're now not as as kind of popular. I had to look through some of the stuff that, you know, because I, I, I didn't understand why. I know that they're not popular. Megan particularly gets a really hard time, but I don't necessarily understand why. Um, and some of the stuff that they came up with is that um, they don't want to live the life in public as much as they are doing. They're so... Um, you know, it's you're constantly in the public eye like nothing else. And, you know, not necessarily like a Kardashian where that's how you make your money. 
they are naturally in there and they want to hide away from it as much as they possibly can. So privacy is an issue. So they're saying, whereas there's an expectation for all of the royals to be kind of, you just expect it to be photographed and seen and you're supposed to pose on holidays and all those kind of things. They don't want that. And I get that. Um, but then that's seen to be breaking tradition. So they broke tradition around when uh, they had baby Archie um, they didn't have a photo on the steps of the hotel. They didn't have people in at the christening. So loads of things that seem really kind of petty, really, have started to make a little bit of a an issue. Well, I think this is going to be fascinating. This is going to be a little dark. So excuse me for getting a little dark with this conversation. No, no. Do you, do you think it's a little weird that they want all of this kind of publicity and this public showing things with that kind of same thing kind of? Got Princess Diana killed? Like, if it wasn't yeah. for that whole... 100%, I think you're spot on. That whole thing with paparazzi just stalking her, essentially, yeah. causing that horrible accident. You would think they would kind of kind of lean away from that? Well, I mean, they're wanting to be... You don't forget, I mean, Diana was one of the most photographed women in, yes. in the world. His entire childhood was either being photographed, being in the public eye, or must have been constantly seeing his mother's privacy um, sort of interfered with and, you know, that intrusion. So that must have had, you know, um, a massive impact. You know, one of the first, you know, one of his first memories, and he would have been, what, 10 years old or whatever, he's having to walk in front or behind the carriage of his mother who who died in a chase trying to escape from paparazzi yeah that 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 has to have an effect on him of course yeah of course and why would he why would he want his wife to be in a in a similar situation there's yeah. got to be parallels there's, there's got to be parallels if he sees the coverage that she's been getting in the horrible responses people have been saying and stuff like that, why would he want to yeah. subject his wife to that and and that was no different from Diana. I mean, Diana got loads of, of I mean, it was a really, they divorced, I, I wrote it down. What year did they divorce? Um, I think it was 90, I want to say 92. I'm not entirely sure. When um, Charles and Diana divorced, and I mean, there was all manner of stuff that went on in the, around that, around affairs and, you know, Prince Charles potentially having an affair with Camilla. Uh, Princess Diana potentially having affairs with stuff. All that is just churned out through um, through the press, and you know that just that massive obsession. And I just couldn't see that he would be even remotely wanting the same thing for his wife or his child. Yeah, I think that plays a big part into it. I like. I think people, for what I'm hearing, everybody blaming Megan for it, but I'm quite sure he plays a part into it too. In terms of like, I don't want to yeah. see my family goes through the same thing I went through in terms of the publicity, the press, the hounding at all times and all times and night stuff like that. That stuff takes a toll on you. And but it's a very different viewpoint to to William. And one of the things again that started to you know the the kind of the the disruption within the royal family is that William and Harry seem to be at odds now. 
William, they, they were known as the Fab Four initially, William, Kate and Harry and Meghan. But again, there's there's been problems where, you know, there's been rumours where the brothers don't get on. Uh, and they have very, very different opinions on on what their responsibilities should be. There's been rumours that Kate and um, Meghan have fought, and there's been issues with the the way that um, Meghan has been with some of the staff, uh, the royal staff. There was like four royal staff quit because Meghan's um, comes from a um, like a the Hollywood kind of go getter background, whereas it's there is a different kind of almost tradition and protocol so there's been all manner of rooms and stuff but there's just stuff flying in the air and it just it just can't be nice to be constantly hearing stuff about you, your wife and and not think actually do you know what and megan for megan herself is probably thinking actually do you know what i don't want any of this anyway or i want i want this more controlled which is i think what they've done yeah and I commend them for that. It's not easy to do what they're doing, honestly speaking. Uh, saying, no. you know what? I'll step away from all this. I don't need it. Hell with this. I'm going to forge my own path and live my own life. And I think that's to be commended. Yeah. And I think externally, what would be, I mean, again, in the program that watched before, they had some of the viewpoints of external, um, the external look of how this looks from sort of from america and australia and especially the commonwealth especially parts of the world where the relationship with the queen is still very very strong and overall it looks bad it looks like they're being forced out so um do you know it's uh it's not a good look on the um it's not a good look on the royal family so it'll be interesting to see what they do they set up their own website now um saying what they want to do and they've had all these crisis talks and various other different things but it wouldn't surprise me that they would be looking to they'd be looking to set up their own businesses and do and earn money through through clothing like effectively earn money how the kardashians earn money it's gonna be really interesting to watch this play out just just to see whether they falter and Go back into the fold or whether they stand firm and like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is our life now. We don't have to live in the UK. We can forge our own path and careers we, and everything. They think the, the, the rumor is, is that they'll actually move to Canada. Um, because Megan has, because she filmed Suits in Toronto. Um, it's, she has a bigger sort of like support network there. Because by rights, she's, you know, there's despite the fact that our countries are very very similar if if you went from if i went into a royal setting if i go into a setting where i'm with people who are what we would classify as posh it is weird it's the the way you're supposed to behave and act and everything is very different it's very very alien to someone who is from the same country who has an understanding of how the class system works and has a good understanding of how these things the behavior of things goes to be someone from um who's from you know a native of america to come over a native of anywhere else to then pick up those nuances just of a different country and a different culture let alone 
you know, a class system at the very, very highest level at royalty, which I, I can't even imagine what it's like, it must be so difficult to, to adapt to it. Yeah. So, because you mentioned it multiple times, let me ask you this then. Mm. What is the class system in the UK, for those who don't know? How do, we, how do you describe it? How do you explain it? I know you keep saying the past life and things like that. How would you describe it as a person who's down there? This, this, it's really difficult because it doesn't make any sense. There's three, there's three typical levels of class, and it is all determined pretty much based around. Uh, it can be based on a lot of different things. It can be based on the job that you do. It can be based on your family, um, your family's jobs. It can be placed on where you live. Um, it can be based on um, your your lifestyle to a degree. So at the very, very top, you have upper class and you have then upper class and aristocracy. So aristocracy is your your royalty kind of thing where or they're the people who typically are born um, from uh, a long history of money, a long history of wealth a long history of privilege, um, privately educated in very, very expensive schools, have lots of connections in very um, well-to-do. Boris Johnson is a prime example of someone who comes from an upper-class lifestyle because his dad was wealthy and well-connected before he went to Eton, which is um, a school which is very, um, it's a privately educated school, costs tens of thousands a term to go there. You can only afford to go there if you are very, very, very wealthy. And typically, there is some form of connection with people of a similar kind of class system. David Cameron, the previous but one prime minister, again, Eton educated. So it gives you access to... um, parts of life that other people can't get access to just by birthright just by knowledge so it would be um it's your your wealth it's the very very wealthiest and it's not just money it's not people who are it's it's about their history yeah and it's and it's not just a status that's been born it's a case of for generations they will have had money by rights Typically. That kind of sucks, then. So, uh, so you can't, you know, you can't, you can marry into something like that. So, you could say, for example, Meghan Markle might be classified as middle class because she earned a lot of money. She had a well-paid job. She was well-educated, so she would be classified as middle class uh, because she's got a, a what would be classified as a skill, and then she's marrying up into upper class, but she couldn't be. Um, she couldn't be upper class. Uh, she'd be classified as upper class now, but from middle class roots. But she, you can't be upper class unless you've got that that history uh, going back generations of wealth and privilege. So that's that's fascinating. So that kind of says that there's not really a room there up there for people who are self-made successful then. And those people wouldn't necessarily, they may eventually become upper class because that self-made, so someone like Richard Branson, for example, 
um, their children could be classified potentially it would be classified as upper class because they're from money and then those those connections will be there um you could say for example uh, if elon musk was in this country uh rupert murdoch the, the people who are very very wealthy the thing that they don't have though is that they don't have same with richard branson they don't come from a long line of wealth. yeah or and not just wealth some of these people have royal connections or have previous connections with royal titles or royal households i mean wealth going back hundreds of years so wow that's fascinating so technically in the uk donald trump would kind of be considered that kind of um but he's his family doesn't have this is the snobbery of it his family doesn't have the the longevity to have to have come from it wow uh, but he would snobbery. be classified as it would be classified as upper class because of of his wealth and status i would have said yeah now working uh, middle class which is the second one down are people who um you would classify and you can have different things you can have like upper middle middle class they can be um your doctors your finance uh, uh financiers solicitors barristers lawyers all those kind of things they will be classified as as upper middle class uh, a skilled profession from an educated background and the likelihood is their parents were educated um they would be well read those kind of things their interests and their hobbies would reflect what would be classified sounds really different as things that would be kind of a little bit more sophisticated and then you've got jobbies like me so for example i would classify myself as working class um my parents would be working class my dad was a mechanic my mom um worked um she was a um she had like a job as a um, worked in like science and stuff before then she worked in the supermarket and then she uh, became a vicar now when she became a vicar that is a very middle class um, profession because it, it has a, an element of status in the community um, you have to kind of train for it those kind of things so you can skip from working to middle uh, and, and you can come up or down from it um, so but people typically tend to identify as working class and they're the people who have not necessarily manual labor but very very kind of day-to-day type labor so Uh, so before we move on explain to people who don't know what's a vicar a vicar oh so it'd be like a priest but church of so church of england so yeah my mom trained to be a priest um when i was a teenager so we just call them we call them vicars also, how much the, does baristas make there? Oh no, not a barista. No, no. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one. So so no. So not a barista is in a coffee barista. That's my northern actor. A barista, like a lawyer. So That's we what they call, call lawyers? lawyers. Yeah, they're called barristers. Why are they call barristers? I don't know. It's spelled differently to barista, but they just call them barristers. I never even thought of that. <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm like. 
that's yeah, that's a wow coffee. I want a cold serve coffee. <laughs> they love their coffee. I, it's a skill. It's a skilled job. But um, yeah, no, it's very different. Very, very different. A barista to a barrister. A barrister. A barrister. Oh, yeah, lawyers. That's weird. Yeah, barrister. B a double r i s t e r. Barrister. A barista. <laughs> that's fascinating. But I, I mean that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I, I mean, even using barrister, not realizing even vicar, not translated, is is a weird one. Yeah, I, I, people learn something every time from the USA to UK podcast. There you go. You say, well, I've got some other stuff. Oh, bring it off. Some royal, royal kind of things that, I mean, the thing is, is that, that I mean, the, the crisis that's going on, it, it, it's been made out like it's this big deal. And you know what? It's not. It's happened loads. There's been royal scandals going on forever. I mean, the first thing is that there's been, probably as much made out of this as um, Prince um, Andrew's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about that one. Yeah. The the guy who didn't kill himself. So he... uh, He... uh, So Prince Andrew went and that kind of... Jeffrey Epstein's death then brought to light the fact that his relationship with Prince Andrew was really kind of close. Prince Andrew then decided to go onto the uh, the news and have an interview to try and clear the air and put his point across, and it was just awful. It was a car crash <laughs> interview. He, he's made the situation worse, and he's then also stepped back from royal duties as a result of this. But this okay. is a guy who... Um, you know, was hanging around, stayed at the house of, and you know, this known um, sex trafficker and what have you. But the Harry and Meghan are getting as hard a time. Different, obviously, different reasons for it, but it's just crazy. So, for those who don't know, let them know who Prince Andrew is. Prince Andrew is um, Harry and William's uncle. It is Prince Charles's younger brother. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so these these three brothers, there's um, Charles, Andrew, and Edward, and um, it is it is uh, yeah, it's the the middle son. Yeah, and um, Andrew was hanging out with somebody who he probably should have been hanging out with. But again, he's but Prince Andrew's had loads of loads and loads of um, rumors. He used to be the trade envoy between. 2001 2011 here uh and he stepped back from that because of dodgy relationships his previous wife sarah ferguson um fergie as she was known who was also treated really badly in the press married into the royal family treated very very badly um she married prince andrew in 1996 but she was um there's there's an american theme here for get people getting into trouble in 1992 she was caught sucking the toes uh of an american financier called john bryan uh and it was put on the front of newspapers here so she was caught with like a long lens camera uh sucking toes um how do you how does one catch that like i don't know i mean i i have no clue no clue. 
That is a wild thing. Yeah, outside the swimming pool, sucking toes. I mean, it could have been worse. Could have yeah. been sucking something else. Yeah. But it was toes. Yeah. Um, a... So, yeah, so that caused a massive um, sort of like uh, cra- another crisis. Yeah, to- probably. But it would be called Toge. <laughs> but then she then was asking people for money. She got stung in a, a newspaper um, kind of entrapment where she was trying to get to get people to pay her £500,000, so about, what, $650,000 to to get her to introduce them to Prince Andrew, who she was divorced from at the time, or separated at least. So she's, you know, so there was a load of... Um, scandal with that Holy crap. so prince andrew scandal. this lady sounds like a a work of art oh yeah yeah i mean she's quite popular she's come back into vogue now uh she got very very popular in america as well because again i think people saw her as being not necessarily pushed out but she was treated badly if you don't conform i mean i know toe sucking is is slightly, I mean, I'm toe-sucking aside, but because she wasn't, she didn't conform as such, she was pushed out, but she did, she was really popular in, in America. Um, really popular. Wow. So, yeah, so there was toe-sucking, there was um, Prince Andrew, his wife were at it, Charles and Diana, they were, you know, there was all oh, manner death. of rumours. So, d- death aside, and the even just the the scandal or the conspiracy theory that because she used to cause loads of trouble for the Royals after she divorced Charles, um, that she was killed by the Royal family and people a hundred percent subscribe to that. There are people who are going, no, it's an accident. You'll find, you'll find plenty of people go, no, it was the, the Royal family had her killed because she was a problem. I was young and I remember that. I remember her death and I remember all the tabloids. At one point, they were like every week. There was a tabloid story about her. Yeah, like for oh, quite still some is. time. There still is. I mean, when she's on, they still have frontline he- headlines with her on, and she still sell- sells newspapers to this day. Um, but there are people who think that there is. Um, but there was all manner of rumors going around with that. There was rumors that the relationship broke down because Diana was having affairs. There was rumors uh, that Prince Charles was having an affair with Camilla, who he's with now. Um, and also the the rumor that um, Prince Harry is not Prince Charles's son. Prince Harry is the son of someone called James Hewitt, who was um, a upper class gentleman who used to play polo. He was in the military and Diana had an affair with him and fell pregnant with Harry. And if you Google James Hewitt um, and Prince Harry, there is, you know, not that um, I'd want to uh, kind of. Uh, promote conspiracy theories, but if you Google James Hewitt and Prince Harry side by side, it's they look a lot similar to uh, to how he does with Prince Charles. Yeah, uh, let me look do that right now, real yeah, quick. Yeah. But... So yeah, James Hewitt, Prince Harry. I find it fascinating. Holy crap! Yeah, he does look like him mm. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
you see, you know, I mean, just to people who you know who are listening and stuff, it's the things like you know his nose is very similar, just his his face shape, his ginger hair is very very similar. Um, yeah, but that's you know again that's a that's a rumor that came from it. Wow, that's <laughs> that's a whole mess. To say the least. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh there's all sorts of stuff. So I mean, going back further, the Queen's own sister. Uh, Princess Margaret, she fell in love with a married Navy captain called Peter Townsend. He got divorced from his wife to then go and marry her. Um, but the the pressure from the royal family meant that that never went through. Um, and then she then um, married someone called Anthony Armstrong Jones, who was a photographer but eventually got divorced. Now, it doesn't sound a big deal because we've talked divorce about a lot, but um, she was the first royal to divorce, bearing in mind that this might have been in, like, the 1970s, maybe, maybe 1960s, maybe 1970s, the first royal to divorce since uh, Henry VIII. And Henry VIII was around sometime around my history's right, like 1590. Wow. So first royal to divorce in like 500, well, 400 plus years. So that, that gives you an idea of the tradition and the pressure and all those kind of things that the first divorce came from this, this person here. Wow, that's crazy. It's crazy. But before then, so before then, Edward VIII, who was supposed to uh, go on the throne in 1936, he took on, his dad died, he took up the, the throne. Um, he had fallen in love with, uh, unsurprisingly, an American, um, a lady called Wally Simpson, who was like an American socialite. So you would probably classify socialite similar to like what our upper class would be, someone who's, you know, from quite a, a wealthy background and well-connected. Um, but because the big thing, the, st- the stickling points for that one was that because she was American and she wasn't from royal blood, that was a big thing. The big thing was, though, she was ar- she'd already been married and divorced. And because she was already married and divorced, that was a massive no-no. And he had to then abdicate the throne. Um so he um, he stepped down. He gave up being king. The wow. same year he got it, yeah. Just walked away. And then he, he lived with Wally Simpson. He died in like 1972. But at the end of his death, um, they were living off donations from sort of like wealthy friends. So, I mean, that's that's even, you know, that's this, this last hundred years. There's been all manner of stuff. So it's not new. Not new at all, but the um, the bad boy, the pièce de résistance, is our friend Henry VIII. So, do you know much about Henry VIII? A little bit. What do you know? Heard he had multiple. He women. did. Oh, oh yes, six in total. He had. Um. So he he was uh, he was the the original kind of bad boy who changed. Um, he, he sort of like um, introduced like divorce and all manner of different things. 
Uh, he um, set up a completely different church so he could do the things he wanted to do. So he he has a massive um, he has a, a, had a massive impact on on all manner of different things. So naughty kind of like king stuff was going on years and years ago. So he was he first he married someone called Catherine of Aragon. Um, and you know, before he'd done that, he'd he cheated on her with his second wife's sister and stuff. And he decided, actually, do you know what? I don't want I don't want Catherine anymore. I'm done with Catherine. Um, I want the marriage annulled. But because at the time Britain was ruled by the Catholic Church, you weren't allowed to get the marriages uh, annulled in the Catholic Church. So we decided, right, do you know what? We're not going to take orders from the Pope anymore. We're going to have our own church. I'm going to be head of the church. And then the Church of England was born. So from that, he just, and then he then introduced a law that then said that he could be divorced because he wanted to then marry his second wife, which was um, Anne Boleyn. Now, Anne Boleyn is the mother of Elizabeth I who they've okay. made films about. Um, anyway, Anne, unfortunately, she miscarried three times. And do you know how Henry dealt with that? How? Chopped her head off. Chopped her head off. So she got beheaded. So Jeez. first one... Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Chopped her head off. So first one was divorced. Second one was beheaded. The third one... Jane Seymour, um, she was, um, this is Jane Seymour, by the way, not Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. <laughs> yes. That not Quinn. that Jane Seymour, just yeah. for, um, she's looking good for her age. She's not looking that good for her age. <laughs> um, Jane Seymour, she died in childbirth. So he's not having much luck. He's divorced the first. He's beheaded the second. The third one has died. Um, the fourth one was Anne of Cleves. Now, I think she was from, like, Belgium. And he was brought a painting of her. And he said, oh, this, you know, this woman's absolutely lovely. He sent um, his royal, in fact, he sent his royal artist over to paint a picture of her. He came back and she was stunning in this painting. However, she turned up. He wasn't impressed. It, it, there was a... <laughs> I mean, this is before. This is before. Obviously, he, you know, he, he couldn't swipe left on uh, on Anne of Cleves. So she's come over. This painter has gone over and gone. Oh yeah, she's she's proper fit, and he's come back and she's been she's been absolutely terrible. And he's like, oh no. Anyway, so he's he's like, I don't want any of this, and she's been <laughs> proper catfished by his own. He's home. <laughs> He's, I mean, she's had to come over on a fucking boat. She's had to sit for a painting. And then that painting's come back. Oh yeah. So this, uh, so she's come over, and he's really kind of like thought, "Fucking hell!" And then he's divorced her within six months. Oh man. Yeah. 
This guy is... <laughs> oh, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Listen, the stuff, Henry VIII, you could do a full show just on this guy. He is an absolute... He's either, he's either a, a piece of shit or a legend. It depends on your, your outlook. <laughs> so, yeah, so poor Anne of Cleves. She was binned off. She was put back on the boat uh, and sent back. Um, next one round was then Catherine Howard. Uh, he was convinced she was having an affair, so she ch- uh, chopped her head off as well. Oh. So, yeah, that went. And then the last one um, was Catherine Parr, who'd not had much luck because both her previous husbands had died. So Catherine well, Parr was Henry's third. She was He was her third husband at this point. Um, and she outlived him because he then died. Why would you marry this man? (laughs) I mean, just absolutely. You'd think after the first time that when someone had been beheaded, you'd be thinking, "Mm, yeah. Um, I bet Anacles was quite quite relieved, really. Yeah. Sat back. (laughs) I can't believe that. That is one of the most funniest Ridiculous things I've ever heard. Oh, there's some, there's some crazy, there's some crazy royals. George the Fourth. I don't know where he came later than Henry the Eighth. He was, he was another one. He was not a looker at all, an absolute. And he used to indecent proposal people. So he just he go round and said, you know, I'll you sleep with me and I will give you a whole load of money. But then he wouldn't. So he went round. <laughs> he went round like. Fucking Robert Redford, um, <laughs> trying to trying to sleeping with all these women, going, "I'll pay you, I'll pay you all that you know, whatever they paid in that time, gold or whatever." And then he wouldn't do it, and he he got renowned for it. He got uh, absolutely yeah, <laughs> reputation for being a pro- a proper knob. That man is a legend. <laughs> I'll give you $40,000 in coins. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not happening. (laughs) No, that's it. But you promised me chickens and sheep and all manner of things. I lied. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) He just just wander off. That is is baffling. I don't think there is one single royal that hasn't done something like completely, completely bonkers or done something that is remotely kind of uh, some form of controversy or something at some point. Yeah. It's, uh, there was um, the, the son of, I don't, I think he was called Edward, the son of Victoria was, had a complete and utter um, sex addiction and he had to have, it was so bad that he had minders on him all the time because he'd just keep going off knobbing people. He'd oh just keep God. escaping. And they put him into they put him into the army to try and straighten him out. And literally within the first day, he'd found he'd found like the uh, a, a group of prostitutes and he'd be doing that and they brought him back and then he kept slipping the net with stuff. There's all manner of stuff. All manner of stuff. 
They're a right rum bunch. That they really are. not need any blue chew. <laughs> no. Absolutely shocking, a lot of them. So yeah. no wonder they want to distance themselves, poor Harry. And because yeah. uh, I think this I think they're the blood relatives as well to Henry VIII. I'm fairly sure they are. Yeah. So, so it puts this whole Megan thing in perspective, like huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Far worse. <laughs> she's, she's probably not done her research. She's had one look at the family tree and thought, we need to move. <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. A brief history of what's going on. And um, a little bit of uh, of other royal, other royal rumbles of the uh, of the past. I think so, that was awesome. No, that's that's fine. So, we'll have to, I'll I'll have a look because there's all manner of stuff um, that's just yeah. And the thing is, we're taught this kind of stuff at school, and you just kind of oh okay. But it is the older you get, you realise that actually the funnier it is with stuff. So I will, uh, I will dig out some more. We'll have another episode on stupid history um, of, awesome. of the British Empire. I think that's awesome. We'll do that. Anyway, so let's, um, let's wrap it up. What have you been oh. up to on Patreon? Uh, oh. what, other things have, um, what other things have you been up to? Well, that... I think it's time to make the Ooh. surprise for you, Ben. Ooh. Oh, go on. This episode oh, yeah. is going live on Patreon ASAP. Oh, that's yeah. not a surprise. The surprise is, for the first time ever, the UK and the USA podcast will be on the Delmacock Experience. Everybody to hear. Oh, Friday. wow. Oh, wow. This oh, Friday, fantastic. it will be up live. For, so if you listen to it on Patreon, you, this is Monday. It's coming out. You hear it. You're enjoying it. But Friday, everybody will hear this episode. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm just, listen, so if anyone's got this far, uh, if any of my facts are slightly squiffy, please, they can, t- they can actually send any of your complaints to the, um, the uh, Twitter account, USA to UK podcast, at USA to UK podcast, that we could get some tweets onto there that would be fantastic. That's really good. Thank you. Oh, that's, that's really cool. I am. Excited and worried in equal measure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Thought this would be a perfect episode to Well it's it's timely. Do. It's yeah. timely. So it will be yeah, it would be great to get some feedback on it as well. So that'll be that'll be really interesting. Oh, that's really exciting. So what else have you got then coming up that people can look forward to? And if this is going live, you need to subscribe to the Patreon. Because you get so much good stuff through there. It is the best value for money you can get in podcasting. Because you do so much stuff that you can get access to through the Patreon account. What yeah. kind of stuff have you got um, that you can kind of listen to? Um, I think people should check out on there right now. It's um, a conversation with Jay Salen. You know, from, um, you know, he, he wrote um, over the ropes, comic book and stuff like that. He, yes. Yeah. Which is excellent. He's right. He's doing a whole bunch of writing stuff that I think it's awesome that people should check out. And I, I, we're doing, we're trying something different where we're gonna have more in a couple of in-depth conversations with him about the writing process. And- yeah, but he's he's really. I mean, he's fascinating, and his um, the episodes you've done before with him are really really interesting. So I think they'll be they're well worth listening to. 
Yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's a great conversation. We talk about over the ropes a little bit, which is a good comic book. He he has another comic book coming out. I think it might be out now called Hellfighter Quinn. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, what a great job though. He's he's living his best life. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, if you don't know who he is, check him out. Check out his stuff on Mad Caves. He's putting out great content in terms of comic books right now. It's gonna be really super. It's gonna be super exciting to see what's next for his career in terms of writing. No, that would be um, yeah, and the the fact that it's it's great that he's um, not just able to share it here, but the fact that um, you know you it's I suppose because I'm a massive comic book fan, um, and being able to to listen to the kind of the inner workings of stuff because yeah. it's always one of those things that are oh, it's one of those things where you always say you want to do but you never do it's hard oh, I'd, I'd love to write it it's so complex there is so much nuance in it and all kind of things that you don't uh appreciate it would be good to to listen to how he, he goes about that so i look forward and to those this episode is specifically talking about that stuff so if you if you want to write comic books if you want to learn how to, how to write process works any of the little small details of it this is one you definitely should listen to. Yeah, no, that'd be a great episode. Oh, very good. Any others? Oh, what's plenty of other stuff on there? Oh, there's, um, there's loads. Yeah, there is loads. Um, I mean, all of it is good, to be honest. Um, thank you, brother. Thank you. So, um, a Rise of Skywalker review coming up. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, so, uh, well, full spoilers. It's fun. Fun conversation about it. Um, Fire Brigade episodes, pretty fun. Well, yeah, I get they are good. I get berated. Because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to buy, a, I wanted to buy a Switch Lite, but I already have a Switch, and I was yeah, like, but, "Yeah, but the thing is, though, the Switch, look, I've got a Switch, and I can see the the appeal of a Switch Lite to actually go on the go, whereas yes. the, the Switch stays at home. It's I, it's like a, it's just like a console, realistically. I said that, and I got completely berated for it. Oh, bless. Yeah. Oh no. It's good. Oh no! It's it. Listen, there is so much good stuff on there. You you um doing a great job with it. Thank you. Um, other than that, I think that wraps everything up. I'm really looking forward to to um this going out like yeah. into the world. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. Uh, and then also suggestions of stuff that uh, for future episodes are always good. Stuff that I'm really interested to know because obviously it's different being here and then um and thinking stuff that might be very mundane, but stuff that's um you know that's very different for you guys there so any suggestions for for future episodes would be good definitely all right well i think that wraps up the first live episode then of uh, the usa tuk podcast um thank you so much as always original florida man mr delvin cox yes. um and i look forward to catching up with you sometime soon definitely all right everybody we are out peace take care